You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports, talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. On today's installment of The College Loop, it's quarterback talk. We are back. We're discussing how Robbie Ashford and Holden Garner can win the starting job going into fall camp in 2023. We're also going to talk on the hardwood. Bruce Pearl and the boys are sending out some pretty big name offers. And Coach Johnny Harris has landed yet another eagle, got another target coming into that program via the transfer portal. Diamond Talk, of course, Auburn Baseball dropping a midweek game to Troy. We're going to discuss what that means and what their future looks like. And last but not least, we'll talk Auburn softball, the direction they're heading, how they can close out their season strong, and the possibility of maybe finishing top three in the SEC. All this and more right here on the College Loop. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 54 of the College Loop Podcast. And again, me and Harrison Tarr back in the booth by ourselves. Daniel, you know, has to do finals and whatnot because he's still still a student. So what can you do? But Tarr, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Glad Daniel's. Hitting the books. Hey, school comes first, right? We got to make sure you put in the work in the classroom, hold that high standard and uplift the high standard that Auburn J School hold itself to. So glad that Daniel's taking care of that. I'm pumped up. Before we get into things, everybody, you can see the garb if you're watching the YouTube version. Hawks and seven. All right, that's all I got to say. That's that's all you, you need to know. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm excited for to, to watch us dub tonight and, and in Atlanta at State Farm Arena. Excited to watch the nosebleeds. Anyways, let's move forward. Let's talk Auburn ball. I just had to plug that real quick. Hawks and Hawks and seven, also Rangers and, and six. Trust. Anyways, moving forward, let's talk Auburn football. We've not talked quarterbacks in a while, Dylan. I've got a question for you. And, and a question for the greater good. For those of you who are watching on YouTube and for those of you who are following along on our socials, we want to hear your input here, here as well. Want to want to interact with you guys and hear your feedback, your takes. If Auburn does not add a transfer portal quarterback, which has not been done yet, that's not, not happened yet. If that does not happen, how does, we'll start with Robbie Ashford. What does Robbie Ashford need to improve on so he can win this job? What is, and how does he win this starting job going into fall camp in 2023, Dylan? Yeah, so Robbie Ashford is going to work on his passing mechanics. And we've seen the improvement from his pocket awareness. Uh, we, at least we saw it in A-Day uh, from what we can just go off of with that. Uh, but overall, I, I think that's all he really needs is his ability to make the throws consistently. And we've seen the throws he can make. Uh, that Iron Bowl pass to Javarius Johnson in the back corner of the end zone in Bryant-Denny Stadium is probably the most beautiful pass I've seen from Robert Corbett in a very, very long time. But I think that's about all you have to work on with Robbie Ashford. And, and passing the ball is it might be the only thing he's to work on, but it's also the biggest thing that he's to work on. Because if you can't pass the ball as a quarterback, then what are you back there for, really? That, that That's all I think that Robbie Ashford needs to work on. I don't disagree with you, Don. I do think there's also an element of maturity, right? And inherently that happens uh, year to year and, and campaign to campaign, whether that be under one coach or another. I specifically think that Robbie Ashford will be held more accountable under head coach Hugh Freeze. Uh, I'll be completely honest. I don't think Brian Harson was a very good coach when it came, comes to coaching up quarterbacks. Auburn's really not seen a quarterback whisper in a very long time if there's ever been such a monster on the planes as, as in the head coaching capacity. 
I, I do think that there needs to be that element of maturity. We saw Robbie Ashford wear his heart on his sleeve a lot last year. And these are kind of the intangible things. That you're not talking X's and O's as much as you're talking about being a leader. Inherently, you cannot be a quarterback and not be a leader. You cannot be a naturally, uh, you cannot not be a naturally born leader and be successful and play the quarterback position at a very, very high level. Robbie's got to understand this year that the, the after the campaign that he had in 2022, a lot of people are in his camp. A lot of people are behind him. And a lot of people are going to continue to be critical of him. You are the quarterback at a Power 5 school in the SEC. You're a quarterback at Auburn. And people, Auburn fans have been longing for a true star quarterback and someone that can really step up and be that guy. Don't let that bother you and don't let the pressure get to your head. Make sure that when you throw an interception, when you fumble the football, when, when you go three and out, you're not hanging your head on the sidelines. That's something we saw out of Robbie Ashford a lot in 2022. I'm not saying don't play with a chip on your shoulder. I'm not saying don't wear your emotions on your sleeves. But you got to remember that in that offensive huddle, all those guys are li quite literally looking to you, A, for the play call, and B, because you're the leader of that offense. And 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 so beyond just the throwing element of things and and and, and his mechanics, his pocket presence does have to improve certainly without without a doubt, and and his decisions in that RPO have got to get better. But beyond that, he's got to grow up as as, as a football player, not just skill skill wise, but as 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 an athlete and a leader. And and I and I know that that's one of those kind of people who are probably going to sit there and go, "Hey, Harrison, shut the hell up!" Like it's it's not all just the, the uncoachables, but it is so much of that. Because Robbie Ashford getting his head in the right space, if you are confident and, and you're not hanging your head, that affects everything to do with your game. And that could be the difference between Auburn winning six games and Auburn winning eight games this year. That, that really could be uh, this way. So as far as Robbie Ashford's concerned, I think that we, we, we really put a nice capstone on it there, Dylan. Pocket presence, accuracy in the passing game, specifically in the deep ball, improvement in that RPO decision-making, because his, his wheels are still a threat. For sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and and growing up as a leader. I think those are your four most important traits. And if you can get those kind of all of those things where you're at a B plus grade or better, I think Robbie Ashford could be a hell of a football player. Don't, don't, don't I don't want anybody to, to mis misconstrue that. Let's play devil's advocate though. Let's talk about Holden Gurner and, and what he needs to work on in coming into fall camp in 2023. Because I think to be the starting quarterback for the Auburn Tigers in 2023. And I've heard a lot of things that point to he may be the front runner. For, for that for that starting uh, quarterback position. Dylan, what does Holden Gurner need to do in this offseason and in fall camp to win that starting job? Yes, overall, I, I mean, we talk about what Robbie Ashford does well is the same thing as that Holden Gurner doesn't do well, which is running the ball. And, I, and we saw a little bit of his sneaky athleticism in the 8A game, uh, whether or not you want to use that completely as a, uh, again, it's 8A. Uh, you can't really use everything to, to base it off of. But... But I saw from Holden Gurner, or Holden Gurner, sorry, three years of saying Gurner, and now I got to start saying Gurner. Uh, it, it's just his mobility. That's really it. And we've seen in the past that the, all the Hugh Freeze's offenses that have worked well, and of course, Phil Montgomery as well. I mean, he won a Heisman Trophy with a dual threat quarterback, an RG3. And we saw that Hugh Freeze's best offenses were run by players like Malik Willis and Chad Kelly who are very much known for their ability to scramble out of the pocket. That's what all, that's what he needs to work on. And, of course, again, another thing with him is you talk about the emotions that Robbie Ashford wears on his shoulder. I don't think Holden Jariner plays with enough emotion. I, I think the confidence isn't there for him uh, quite yet, at least. And, that again, I said there was like emotion, being an emotional player and being a player without confidence, that comes with age. Sure. Uh, both players very – both quarterbacks are very young. So those things are I'm a little bit less lenient against, but of course, 
when it comes to the pocket breaking down, uh, I don't really expect Holden to be able to get out of that pressure. I don't disagree with you, Dylan. I think you hit the hit all the bases there. I do want to kind of expand on a couple of things here. First and foremost, I think Holden Gurner showed us in 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 a day and in spring camp that he has has worked on that on the pocket mobility, and and that is certainly something that that we need to see out of Holden Gurner to feel com- comfortable throwing him behind an offensive line that. It should be much improved, but we don't really know what this group's going to look like when you when you put them up against SEC talent. We, we're just not sure yet, and and quite frankly, they've not added all the pieces that we're we're expecting them to have come the closing of this portal period. But pocket mobility, and 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 to kind of build off what you said about the emotional side of things, and I know I'm going to sound like the philosophical guy, and you're going to sound like the X's and the O's today, and that's okay. I mean, I think we're playing a good good AB here. I'm I'm going to expand on that. Holden Gurner looked like a deer in the headlights in his one appearance in 2022. And that's, uh, look, that's fine. I, I'm, I'm really not dogging on him. It's a scenario where you probably don't expect to play. And in and, and, and a year where you're expecting a red shirt and, and, and develop and progress and really aren't under much impression that this is going to be an opportunity for you to take snaps. All that to say, there does need to be some growing up on that front. He's polished. In terms of his his presence, whether that be with the media or with his teammates, he's certainly got the PR aspect of this down. The question is, is Holden Gurner going to be able to step up and not let the stage be too big, not let the lights be too bright? Because in in college football, there's no bigger stage than the SEC, and and there's no bigger pressure to put on a kid than saying, "Hey, you're 19, 20, 21 years old. I need you to come into the some of the loudest stadiums in all of sports." And operate at a very very high level, and and if Holden Gurner can, can can work through that, and and also you know do all the, the little things that, that we want to see him progress and do, get better with that RPO, um, be a little bit of a weapon with his legs. Dylan, I, I think I, I sound like a broken record here because I, I said the same thing about Robbie Ashford. I think Holden Gurner could be a hell of a football player. I, I'm not I'm not entirely sold on the fact that Auburn has to have a transfer quarterback. Do I think it would benefit them? Sure, absolutely. But I think that if you go into to this season with either one of these guys as your starting guy. Now you do need to name one of them a starter and you do need to roll with it. That's, that's just kind of the matter of, the, of fact here. Mm-hmm. But if you go in with either one of these guys, I think you can win, I think you can win football games. I think you can go to a bowl game and win it. Thoughts. Oh yeah. I, I think the things about both these guys is, uh, I mean, you, everyone knows my favorite on the matter. Uh, th- those emotional players, those players that uh, are usually the ones that I get behind the most, like Cam Newton, uh, watching him play emotional every game, putting the team on his back every play, it's it's what makes it's what makes the sport that much better to watch. Uh, and with that, I mean Robbie Ashford is the quarterback that I sit behind. Uh, I've been on the Ashford train since a day twenty twenty two, and I think that yeah, you can win games with both these guys, and it just kind of depends on what kind of offense that Hugh Freeze feels the most comfortable with running because I mean if you have you have a full playbook and I feel like both guys are only good at half of their side of the playbook sure. so if you if you want to run more RPOs Robbie Ashford's your guy if you want to run more at, like shotgun under center uh play action passes Holden Gurner Holden might be your guy but I look at it from I think alone I think Robbie Ashford probably gives this Auburn team a higher ceiling than Holden Gurner does strictly because he is more explosive as a player. Well, I certainly think Robbie Ashford has a, a, a larger gap between his floor and his ceiling. Uh, and, and I do think that the, 
what Holden Gertner brings to the table is I don't want to sound like he's a he's a cop out safe bet. I think that his ceilings maybe not as high as Robbie Ashford's, but I think his floor is significantly more high. So you kind of know what you're what you're working with there and, and what what table you operate. When Robbie Ashford is good, Robbie Ashford is electric. When Robbie Ashford is bad, Robbie Ashford's pretty hard to watch play football. And and that's and that's one of those things that if he can find that composure and grow up right like we were talking about, that, that you can probably raise that floor and 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 really work toward playing at that ceiling more so more often than not. It'll be very interesting to see how this goes forward, Dylan. I think Auburn can win win a lot of football games, like I said, uh, without a transfer quarterback. Do I think that a transfer quarterback probably buys you another one, two wins? Yeah, probably for sure. But uh, as things stand right now, anyone that has trying to tell you that Auburn's going four and uh, four and eight this year or going five and seven, I'm telling you right now, it's just a load of bullshit. That's not happening. Yeah, Auburn's going to win going to win at least six games this year. I feel beyond comfortable saying that, and 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 they don't really have an SEC roster. In, in comparison to some other other programs, but I, I feel comfortable in six six plus with 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 the state of this of this program. Dylan, if you're good, I'm going to move move forward. Let's talk talk basketball real quick. I think it's fair to mention it, it is in a, the day of the NFL draft, so I feel like it's safe to just like bring yeah. it up. Go watch our draft show, please. Uh, we talked about all the all the players that are going into the draft. Dylan said y'all did not today. watch that. Y'all did not watch that. <laughs> Sorry, it comes out a little nitpicky, but of course. Today is the day that my uh, fandom uh, gets put on gets put on blast. Whether or not we absolutely ruin the next three years of our uh, franchise career, or we get Bryce Young uh, again, please, please, Bryce Young, please. Yeah, we can go to basketball now. <laughs> yes, uh, thank you, Dylan. Also, since we won't have a show before then, happy early birthday to Tank. By the way, his his birthday early birthday present is presumptively. Bryce Young, unless it's Will Evans, in which case, pray for him, and he probably won't be on the Sunday show because he probably will run away and go into the full Aaron Rodgers hole. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all. And I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, let's talk basketball. Let's talk Bruce Pearl and the guys, and let's talk about what 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 kind of offers that they're extending. So, Dylan, on let's see, today's Thursday show's coming out Thursday. Come, came, this this offer was extended Wednesday. I'm sorry. Sometimes I get this backwards, man. <laughs> on Wednesday evening, we found out that Tyler Betsy, uh, four star small forward out of St. Thomas More in Connecticut, has been offered by Auburn. He's been also been offered by the likes of of Alabama and UConn. So not. Not that Auburn's not in good company company here, but don't let me just tell you a little bit about him, and you can tell me what you would think about replacing him as as you as you lose a couple of guys that you were expecting, um, naming Lee LeBaron Philon um, in that in that class of 2024. Uh, six foot eight, one eighty five right now, small forward like I mentioned, and so he's got a little size on him. Ninety six overall, a ninety eight three composite for, per, per two four seven. He is the number twenty one, I think. Twenty four. Twenty four small oh. forward. Small forward, he's the number nine. Number nine, small forward, number twenty-four overall recruit. Yes, in the class uh, of twenty twenty-four. Thank you. I got the I got this mixed up. 
your thoughts, your initial thoughts on this, on this offer. And, and a lot of times in basketball, if you don't think you have a real chance, you don't offer them. So it's so where, where are you at in your headspace about how that could plug in, in 2024? Yeah, I, I think it is uh, trying to make up for uh, lost, lost space, lost room. Uh, because yeah, it did kind of it did suck to lose uh, LeBaron and Peyton Marshall, and I think getting a forward uh, in Tyler Betsy would probably it would fix all the issues for the future of this program. But I, I think it does set you up very well with a pretty daggum good forward at, at a position that I think Auburn really desperately needs more players at and more depth. And you know, like I always say, the best Auburn teams that we've seen in the past have that standout forward. And maybe Tyler Betsy is the next coming of, I don't want to say Jabari Smith, uh, but next coming of someone along the same lines as a Jabari Smith. Uh, just because when you lose the number one player in one state, uh, especially in your state, it does suck. Uh, and I, I, I feel like a lot of Auburn fans out there probably hit the panic button a little bit. Way too uh, early for that. Way too early because if you don't forget LeBaron Phylon, it was a huge commit in general, but Tahad Pettiford's also a five star. So don't be sleeping on Tahad Pettiford. But I think Tyler Betsy and uh could make up some for some lost uh lost space. I don't disagree. And and like you mentioned, Auburn's Auburn great Auburn teams have those great forwards. And 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 I'm really not pressing the panic button on this class of 2024, I think they can still be very, very special. Wes Flanagan's a hell of a recruiter, um, and, 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 and he's going to probably do very well at Ole Miss on the, in the, on the recruiting front. Now, was this staffing change needed? Absolutely. It's, it's probably overdue. And, and folks, sometimes you just got to clean it out a little bit and eat it in the short run and, and play the long game. I don't think that Auburn's in trouble in 2023, and I definitely don't think they're in trouble in 2024. I would not panic about that. I still think that this is going to be a, a contending team year in, year out, as long as Bruce Pearl is 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 breathing that Auburn air. I think you're you're in good shape. So I'm 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 with you, Dylan, and and I I certainly think that this is a, an exciting offer. Should Auburn be able to to pick up uh, the commitment of Tyler Betsy, we'll we'll see where that recruiting traction gains uh, as as we head on down that road and get closer to the 2024 for really having the center stage. So we'll um we'll, we'll, we'll we're we're almost at that point. So. Let's uh, let's let's talk over over there on the women's basketball side, and let's talk about Coach J. You want to you want to flip the little title over on the right, by the way. Oh yeah, sorry, I was looking at Matthew Cleveland stuff. <laughs> I know, I know, you've been you've been daydreaming over there, and we're we're gonna let you talk Matthew <laughs> Cleveland on, on Sunday, I promise. But Coach J, man, she's not playing around with this transfer portal. She she's just not absolute absolute dog mentality goes out and gets another transfer power five transfer dylan and taylor collins portal transfer uh, via oklahoma state she's a junior with like i like i'm in the notes in front of us power five experience two years of eligibility and she averaged 8.4 points per game over her first three season that's 90 games 86 starts look i get that those numbers aren't eye-popping but Coach Jay has gone out and, and and built a team. And now now you're seeing size. Now you're seeing some size, and that we that we were mentioning that Auburn was missing in the, in this portal. And you're going out and getting players that have played in the ACC and played in the Big Twelve, and that that are Power Five competent players that can come in and and fill in some roles. And I'm not sure that Auburn's not already better. Thoughts? Oh, they're for sure already better. And is it second Power Five transfers at three? Because we also got a player from Alabama. You oh, you're right. Out. Three. My apologies. I was I was about to say. So that'll be Alabama, Clemson, and Oklahoma State now. You're and yeah, it's just a huge pickup in general because we've been talking about how it was kind of odd that the first uh f- or it was the first four transfers, three out of the first four were uh three all out guards. Of the first four were guards. 
we thought it was a little weird uh, just because we had gone into that week saying that the biggest need was forward. But it's now starting to see that the transport is heating back up, at least for one out of the three sports that the transport is going is going for right now. Uh, it's picking back up, and it looks like Coach Jay is getting ready to make a roster with the talent that she wants, and it, it, and it's talent that has been proven. Uh, yeah, eight point four points per game probably isn't the best over three seasons, but I mean, this is a player that played in the Big Twelve. And only out of 90 games that she played in, she only did not start for four of them. That, that's huge. That is yeah. huge in and of oh, itself. Ab- absolutely. Significant minutes, 25-plus minutes a-, a game. And also, I don't want people to lose lose sight of the fact that the transfer portal, it, it serves – I know a lot of people get frustrated with it, but it serves to a good purpose of athletes that maybe have been misused at, at schools. This could be the case. I mean, that could be one of those just not in the right scheme. And and Co- Coach Jay now going and getting uh, – a forward that's going to play a lot of minutes uh, for, for this team that that leads you to believe that there's that opportunity to go actually put your 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 skills set on on display for, for Taylor Collins. All, all things considered, Dylan, I thought Coach Jay has handled. I, I think to this point, Coach Jay has handled this offseason magnificently. Uh, you've had you had girls quit on you last year. I've I said it for the, for those of you who are listening right now. There were some attitude problems on this on the in, within this team. I've, I'm I'm comfortable saying it now that we're far enough away. Um, Aisha Koulibaly, for you Auburn fans, appreciate what she did. Appreciate what she, her, her play on the field, on, on the court, excuse me. Piss poor attitude. Serious attitude problem. And and someone that you needed out of the locker room. Romy Levy was apparently not on board with what was going on with that, that from from all accounts. Not not on board with what Coach Jay's vision was for the program. And that's fine. That's okay. Coach Jay's got the opportunity to bet on herself. She did. She had the opportunity to go out and get some girls and sell them on what her brand of basketball is instead of having to retain She's done that. I wouldn't, uh, Dylan, this team's going to be a middle of the pack SEC team this year. And that's a tremendous success, right? Oh, it's a huge step up from uh, the teams of yesteryear. Because uh, this team is looking like a team that could end up playing in not just the NIT, but the NCAA tournament in general, uh, if things were to go according to plan. And I think that right now, I, I think the team's pretty set. Uh, you probably just need to get a couple more players. Uh, and I, I think the team, the team could go from middle of the pack to the upper quartile of of the SEC. And I, was, I wanted to quote Jim Irsay from the Colts so bad: the upper quartile of the upper quartile of the upper quartile. Uh, but I, I think Coach Jay has done a tremendous job, not only just with the program in general, but just her uh, emphasis of this off season, just getting uh, I think with it's four transfers in total. After she, we thought it was like a whole imploding of the of the roster, but she didn't back down. And Coach Jay is is her, if you will. That was it was such a a, a, a gutsy move on her part, and I respect the hell out of it. If I hope to I hope to everything on her on her accord that this all works out well, and I think it will. One of those things where she said, you know what, I'm gonna clean house. I'm, I'm I, if if you're not with my with the way we go about things, then you're not a fit here. So be it. No matter who the talent is, no matter where you came from, no matter where the minutes you played for last year, does not make a difference to me. I will let you walk. I will process you in the portal. We're going to do things the right way, and we're going to we're going to take this rebuild the way we're, we should take this rebuild. We're not going to try to necessarily get it all done at once. We don't have to get all the ground at one time, but we're going to get a big chunk of it, and we're going to get better every single season. And they're certainly on trajectory to do so. Let's go over to the diamond, Dylan. Let's talk Auburn baseball. Oh yeah, in a, in a midweek meltdown. I'm going to call it a midweek meltdown. You take on Troy 
and and I don't, I'm trying to find the right words to not sound just awful about this. You lose a Troy at home, and look, Troy not a bad baseball team, really not. You can't fall asleep and let your bats fall asleep at the end of games, Dylan. You can't do it. And in this pitching rotation, we know it's just it's so inconsistent, so hit and miss, especially when you're throwing midweek guys and they're not your best arms. You needed this win, though, man. Oh, yeah. And it, what makes it even worse, the fact that Auburn went up 6-1 in yep. the, in the first, at the end of the first inning and then did not get another run until the seventh inning when it was probably far past too late to get back into the game. And Auburn only lost by one, that is. But, yeah, I mean – you, you, you're stretching thin with your with your weak midweek bullpen guys that you're just trying to get on get throws in, and then the thing that Auburn has been known for this season, the thing that they are strictly known for for being good at this season, late se- late inning hitting, it just lets you down for the first time. I could say in like two, three weeks. And you can't even you, you can't even pin that all on the bats. I mean, the bullpen's giving games away left and right and finding new ways to do it. But we talked about this on Tuesday, did we not, Dylan? Or not Tuesday, yeah. excuse me, on Sunday, rather. My yeah. apologies. You can't be losing midweek games. And you've got one more chance to do it. If you lose a, a two, maybe two more. Was it one or two more? Correct me. Uh, you beat well, – so it was – Five more before we took a game against Alabama, and now so two against Mississippi. The two more games in the two SEC. More, two more mid. Uh, no, two two more. No, you have three more. Uh, four more SEC conferences uh, series. You have three more midweeks. Uh, Ole Miss. Oh, excuse me. Oh. Um, Samford, Jacksonville State. Maybe just two more. Anyways, regardless, all that all this to say this is a long winded way of saying you can't lose midweeks. You can't. Your RPI needs to have it. You really do. And you got a gauntlet coming up this weekend. In the next two weekends, Dylan. Auburn baseball is going to play the number two and the number one team in the country. If you win two of those games, that's a tremendous success. If you don't get swept both both series, I think that's a tremendous success. What in the world does Auburn can, can Auburn do to at least salvage one of or, or if one if not both of these weekends? I think you have to sell your soul for a Friday night win. I was going to say saboteur. <laughs> find find where the pitchers are uh, sleeping at and go at them with a bat and just yeah. get them in the arm. Uh, yeah. Uh, for starters, uh, I I don't know what you do here. This is probably I, – I don't know why Auburn always gets stuck in the short end of the stick when it comes to scheduling. <laughs> you get the number two and number one yeah. team back-to-back weeks. Really? That who, is who did Auburn piss off, right? Uh, someone high up because uh, I on to answer your question I don't know what Auburn can do. Uh, South Carolina will hit anything that crosses that plate and they will hit it far. And LSU is the same way. Way over exactly. And LSU pitch is probably the best pitching rotation we've seen in college ball in a while. Honestly, talk about you think you're fine if you can get one one game out of each series. I I honestly I think Auburn is in good hands if they don't lose every game by four or five plus runs. Uh, just because. The bullpen in general, and I'm just imagining what it's going to be like when uh, Chase Isbell or any of these uh, bullpen guys come in and all, like Alsip and all those guys are just going to come in and just let them. It's going to be it's going to be BP. Yeah, it's going to be BP. And there's nothing Auburn can do because if this Troy game is anything to go off of, uh, if Auburn gets started off hot batting wise, can they keep it up? 
And can they keep up with South Carolina? Well, the, the key to here, Dylan, is – and like I said, Auburn's going to play the number two and number, number one teams in consecutive weekends. You can't drag race every, teams every game in, on, the, on the offensive side. It, that's not how baseball works. You cannot drag race teams every single weekend, every single game. I think that, like I said, I think both weekends you sell your soul for a Friday night win and everything else is gravy. I, I, I really think that that's it. You empty the rotation. You empty the bullpen and throw your best arms. Don't throw anyone more than you know X amount of pitches, whatever that looks like. I know that the bullpen struggle, but if you can just minimize their, their usage – um, and just kind of expand everyone. If you can walk away with two wins in the next two series, you've only got to find one more win out of your remaining Ole Miss and Missouri series, and 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 you're you're in good shape. You're at that ten SEC win threshold. Man, it's an uphill climb. I mean, it is. If you if you get swept both of these weekends, you have to win at least one of the remaining two series. Uh, that's just mathematically, you have to. You don't have another choice. So, if Auburn can get away with two of their next six conference games. And that means I'm expecting them to go three and four, right? No, it doesn't. That math doesn't work out. Yeah, it does. Three and four over their next seven games. Sorry, never was a math guy because I'm. Ex- <laughs> they have to beat Sanford next week. Period. And if, oh, if yeah, you have to win your midweeks. Then I think you're okay. But man, I don't know. This team, this team's concerning on a number of levels. Let's let's talk about a team that's not as concerning. And let's talk Auburn softball to, to kind of round things out on the Thursday installment of the College Loop podcast. So, Auburn softball, they have got a treat uh, in the, uh, coming down the stretch. They get to take on South Carolina this weekend and Columbia, which is so funny that both baseball and softball are in South Carolina and Columbia at the same time. Um, on my birthday week. On Dylan's birthday week, so he can't even go to a game. Is that unfortunate and tragic? But they're going to take on South Carolina. South Carolina is 7-11 and 11 in the conference, 32-15 and 15 overall, which, by the way, I looked earlier, Dylan, and I'm going to correct myself. There are only three – there are three teams in the SEC that are not 30 wins plus, but uh, South Carolina is not one of them. They're, like I said, 32-15. and 15. But that puts them in uh, – what's, what's their – there's 14 teams in the SEC? I can't count. Hello? Yes, there is. That puts them in 10th place in the uh, – in the um, excuse me, 11th place. 11, 12. Yeah, there, yeah, we go. I, I, can't, I can't count today, guys. But 11th place in the SEC. You got to win this series for sure. <laughs> but you're in good you're in good shape because Auburn is is sitting at fourth in the SEC, 11 and seven. If you win, take two of three this weekend, you're looking at 13 and eight. I mean, you're gravy coming down the stretch here. Dylan, keys to success. Just don't want to spend a whole lot of time here. But keys to success for Auburn. I know it's going to sound like a broken record, but but talk talk a little bit. Uh, hit the ball. Uh, get, we'll be, get, get more consistent hitting the ball. Uh, don't have to, so you don't have to rely on the arm of Matty Penta every every Friday and Sunday game. Uh, but I mean, that's pretty much it. Every, everything about this team is solid. Uh, when they're hitting the ball, they're cranking their little crap out of it. And when Matty Penta is heating up, uh, she's not letting anyone on base, which is uh, like always right now. Yeah, it's it's a it's a known thing that just happens every every week. Just about knock on one, uh, but uh, I mean, I, like we always talk about this Auburn team is getting hot at the right time, and I mean, if you're not watching Auburn softball, I don't know what you're doing. I'm sorry if you're not watching Auburn softball. Like, yeah, you need yes, get ESPN Plus. They are so worth the uh, subscription to ESPN Plus, and even if you don't have uh, the subscription, go to a game. Just yeah, go to JMB. The games are fun. 
they're so worth the price of admission right now. This team is is absurd. I'm telling you, don't. I would not be surprised if if you see them sweep one of their final two series. I mean, if you, if you if you look down down the stretch, like I said, you've got South Carolina and the Mississippi State. Mississippi State sitting in dead last in the SEC. Uh, I mean, you, you you're looking at potentially five more conference wins and adding maybe one loss to that. Uh, Sixteen and eight to round out the season in the conference. You're you're in really good shape. I mean, you're jockeying to be quite possibly one of those top three teams. I mean, Auburn and Hell, they, they could wind up above Arkansas and wind up in that top three. Okay. I mean, the good company of Tennessee and Georgia, which premier programs in, in college softball this year. So very, very exciting weekend. Busy weekend here. Uh, not here, but busy weekend on the Plains for Auburn athletics and uh, most of these athletics not on the Plains. All this to say. I am Harrison Tarr at by Harrison Tarr on the Bird app. If you want to check out any of my written work, that's at the Auburn Daily, theauburndaily.com, where my podcasting work available every Wednesday and Friday on the Auburn Daily Show. Where every, everything else you want is right here on the College Loop. Getting close to 200 subs here on the YouTube, so make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell. Once we hit 200 subs, we get to see Dylan do the little TikTok dancey dance. I know he's upset about it, and he's trying to appeal. Don't let him appeal. Don't listen. Um, and I was, I was wondering if the banner said it was going to say I won't do it. But anyway, <laughs> thank you guys so much for all the love and support. We appreciate the heck out of you guys. Dylan, always good to talk ball with you. Enjoy draft day. Happy early birthday. For those of you who are – Dylan's about to uh, shout out. He's over here. He's about to shout out all of his socials. Make sure to go tweet him a happy birthday on Friday. So, Lark, it's yours, man. Yep. And, again, uh, I'm Dylan Luck. I'm able to take on Twitter for my birthday. Uh, Auburn baseball beats South Carolina and softball do the same thing. Please. It That's was- all we asked for. It would give me some joy if the Panthers especially don't take Bryce Young at the first pick in the draft. So, yeah, just give me that one thing, please. But, yeah, I'm Dylan Luck. I you the tank on Twitter. If you're listening, it's at Y-A-B-O-Y, the tank. Also, catch me on the Armour Daily Show every Monday with Lance Daw and Wednesday with Harrison Tariq. Also, catch me on the Friday installment of the Armour Daily Show as well, uh, just this week, though, uh, and every – week according whenever someone can't make it but yeah and follow the college loop literally everywhere that is on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, amazon music and of course you guys on youtube twitter tiktok facebook and instagram but again sadly no myspace again a thousand subs we're getting a myspace uh that's set in stone uh unlike the me dancing at 200 subs it's supposed to be 500 <laughs> don't let them trick you it's 500 uh, so get there quick, and I will do whatever TikTok dance you want me to do besides the Corvette, Corvette one, because that's already taken. But, yeah, with all that being said, this is the College Loop Podcast. Hawks and seven. <laughs>